Welcome to episode 88 of Morning Kickoff, a weekly Vikings football podcast where we cover all news football. I'm your host, Matt Witt, and today we are live on youtube.com slash Matt Witt, as well as twitch.tv slash the Matt Witt. You can come check us out every Monday and Thursday morning or listen to other pre-recorded podcasts wherever you get your podcast. Things are shaking shaking up around the NFL right now. And right now, we're going to be taking a look at Minnesota Vikings possible free agent guards that we can find, as well as a look at other moves that the Vikings have to make, including Anthony Barr's contract and what to do with Eric Wilson, this free agent market. I hope you all do enjoy listening to this episode. Do you enjoy listening to this podcast? If you don't, that's totally fine. But if you do and would like to help out, there will be a link in the description that will bring you to my merch store. At this store, we sell t-shirts, sweatshirts, and mugs, and all of the profit earned will go towards the production of this podcast. Thank you all, and enjoy the show. It is no question that the biggest need the Vikings have right now is at the offensive guard position. Yes, the worst part and what held us back the most in the 2020 season was the defensive line. Was the entire defense just stopping the run and rushing the passer as a whole. That is what held us back the most. But why was that? It was because of injuries. We didn't have Daniel Hunter all season. We didn't have Anthony Barr for 14 out of 16 of the games. Michael Pierce opted out of the season. The biggest need is at the offensive guard position, especially when you take a look at this Vikings team right now. I mean, last year we had Dakota Dozier starting at left guard. He started all 16 games. I don't know why they kept uh, letting him start all 16 games. We saw Drew Samia start a few games. That didn't go so well either. Ezra Cleveland, our rookie, second-round rookie out of Boise State, started at offensive guard as well. All of them did not look good. Only one of those will probably be a starter next year, and that is Ezra Cleveland, simply because he was a second-round draft pick. Now, was he terrible? No. But did he look like a starter? Also, no. He looked like a backup. But once again, offensive line is that position where their rookie seasons, you don't expect them to be great. You don't expect them to be anything yet. It's their third year, typically, where they start hitting their peak. And this is why next year, Garrett Bradbury at center will be huge. And that's why all of the eyes need to be at Garrett Bradbury, our starting center next year, because he was our first-round draft pick in 2018. And typically, third-year players, third-year offensive linemen, is where they hit their peak, is where they look their best. So yes, Ezra Cleveland being a starting right guard, now he was drafted to be a left tackle, did not perform like a starting right guard. But once again, you have to cut him slack. He was a rookie, and I don't... As, lo- as far as I know, he never played right guard until this last season, and that was only because the Vikings needed him that much. Our best right guard last year, or our best guard in general, was Brett Jones. Now, you take a look at our, our offensive line right now. Dakota Dozier, he's an unrestricted free agent. No reason why the Vikings should bring him back. We also have Brett Jones, another unrestricted free agent, who, by the way, is an amazing backup. I'm a huge fan of Brett Jones. Same with Rashad Hill. He's also an unrestricted free agent. Rashad Hill and Brett Jones are our two best backup pieces that we have on our Vikings team right now. With Brian O'Neill, who gets injured a lot, with Riley Reef, who has suffered with injuries as well, these are two players that Rashad Hill can fill in for, and it's very comfortable knowing, even when they get injured, that we have a player like Rashad Hill stepping on. Same with our guards. I mean, Brett Jones is another piece that is very good to fill in, so that's why the Vikings need to focus on bringing back Rashad Hill and Brett Jones. But the biggest need, yes, those guys are backups. The biggest need is starters. We need those starting left guards, those starting right guards, and that's why we're going to take a look at some guards today. We have good news and bad news, actually. Bad news, Brandon Sheriff and Justin Simmons were both franchise tagged by their teams. Now, this was expected. I mean, 
I guess good news is that we expected this to happen because both Brandon Sheriff also wanted to go back to Washington. Justin Simmons, free safety uh, with Broncos, wanted to go back with them. Both of them we expected to happen, but our good news, and we're gonna get we're gonna get into this, has to do with Joe Thune, the best free agent guard right now, where the Vikings really need. They need to drop all these things to get Joe Thune. Joe Thune is the biggest need for the Vikings, and if we can fill in, just help out that left side of the offensive line, which the interior side of the line as a whole was very bad at blocking for Kirk Cousins. Now, Garrett Bradbury, he did a great job blocking for Dalvin Cook. He was bad at blocking the pass. He was bad at pass protection, but for blocking for Dalvin Cook, you have to cut him slack because, yes, Garrett Bradbury has not at all looked like a first-round talent. Not at all. 2019 draft class, I think he actually came from. 2019, if I'm right. Yes, so 2019, so it was his second year. I think I said 2018 earlier in this podcast episode. But yes, he did a great job blocking for Dalvin Cook. He was probably Dalvin Cook's second best blocker last year, obviously behind CJ Ham, And he did a great job blocking for him, but when it comes to pass protection, which is the biggest thing, he did very poorly. And all of our offensive guards last year averaged a PFF grade, our starting offensive guards, of 48.2. Out of 100, 48.2. Our offensive guards were terrible. And there's no question about that. And there's no reason to really cut Drew Samia. Now, Drew Samia was our worst offensive guard last year, but there's not really a reason to cut him because when you look at his contract, and plus he it was his first year where he started anyways, and he started against players like playing against like DeForest Buckner and stuff like that. You don't expect him to do a whole lot. I mean, it was his first year actually starting. His first time starting a game was this last season. And when you look at his contract, there's no reason to cutting Drew Samia. Just keep him as a backup. But other than that, Dakota Dozier, he's got to go. He's a unrestricted free agent. No reason bringing him back. We have Ezra Cleveland. Obviously, he's going to start next year. But our best offensive guard last year was Brett Jones. And we're going to take a look at some potential offensive guards that the Vikings can look at for this free agent market because this is the biggest need. And in all honesty, I'm pretty excited because this is a good offensive guard free agent class for the Vikings to be looking at. It couldn't have, well, what could have been better is if the Washington football team did not actually franchise tag Brandon Sheriff, but this is something we expected to happen anyways. So first, let's take a look at Joe Thune. Joe Thune, left guard of the new, out of the New England Patriots, is not expected to return with the New England Patriots. Per Adam Schefter, as of this morning, date of recording is 3-9, time is exactly 9 a.m., and as of just last hour, Patriots are not expected to use their franchise tag on offensive guard Joe Thune as they did last year per sources. Joe, Joe Thune is expected to hit the free agent market this year per Adam Schefter. And when Adam Schefter tweets something out, you know it's legit. I am so excited to see if the Vikings can get Joe Thune. If the Vic How will the Vikings get Joe Thune, first of all? Because the Vikings are bottom five in cap space right now. Now, they do have a little bit. They're not negative in cap right now. Um, obviously, if we bring back Eric Wilson and bring back a bunch of these guys, Vikings will be against the cap and not able to bring back Joe Thune. Honestly, let go of Eric Wilson. Let him walk. Let Anthony Harris walk. I know I hate to say it. I don't want to see Eric Wilson and Anthony Harris go. But when it comes down to it, they don't hold as much value as Joe Thune would for our offensive line. If the Vikings can bring in Joe Thune, have an offensive line with Riley Reef, Joe Thune, Garrett Bradbury, Ezra Cleveland, and Brian O'Neill, this might be the extra step that gets the Vikings to a solid playoff run and maybe, potentially, if our team can stay healthy, compete for a Super Bowl. That's how important Joe Thune is for our team. Now, if you take a look at this, last year he played 980 snaps, three penalties, two sacks allowed, had a PFF grade of 74.2, and his market value is $15.3 million. 
Do I expect him to get 15.3 million? Now he is a big com hot commodity, this free agent market. But once again, with the amount of depth that is at the offensive guard position with this free agent market, I don't expect him to get that full 15.3 million. But honestly, I'd be willing to pay it for the Minnesota Vikings, put him on a three-year deal. He's only 28, which is actually very young for offensive linemen. He is only 28 years old. And if the Vikings can put him on a three-year deal with only one of that actually guaranteed and just loaded up with incentives and bonuses, this would be huge for the Minnesota Vikings, and it might be, he may be that piece that brings the Vikings to the next step. Because you take a look at this last year. Yes, defense held us back the most, and special teams was very bad too. Vikings are really looking to special teams this offseason, and defense, obviously, it was a lot of injuries. But when it comes down to our offense, what held the offense back was the interior side of the offensive line. That was Garrett Bradbury, Dakota Dozier, Drew Samia, Ezra Cleveland, Pat Elfline. Uh, there are so many people who started at right guard and left guard last year. I can't even count. Vikings have cut Pat Elfline since then, and they're letting go of Dakota Dozier now. Also, we have Brett Jones and Rashad Hill as free agents. So it's not looking very good right now. But if the Vikings can sign Joe Thune, bring back Brett Jones and Rashad Hill, this will stack up the Vikings offensive line. And it might be that step that gets the Vikings to the next piece. Not to mention, if the Vikings do get Joe Thune, of course it will be very bad against our cap space and we wouldn't be able to bring back a bunch of these guys. We wouldn't be able to uh, pay a lot of these guys more money. But when it all comes down to it, Vikings not having to draft an offensive lineman in this next year's draft would be huge. And I've talked about it multiple times in this podcast. I do not want to see the Vikings draft an offensive lineman in the first couple rounds. Now, yes, they don't have a second round draft pick. In the first round, I do not want to see the Vikings draft an offensive lineman. And the reason why I don't want to see that happen is because I've seen it happen enough and it seems to never work out. The only offensive lineman drafted in recent memory that has worked out with the Minnesota Vikings is Brian O'Neill. And he, even he suffers with a lot of injuries. Now, of course, that's not really uh, predicted when drafting players, but he's the only player who, who we've drafted who's actually worked out in these last however many 10 years of drafting offensive linemen I don't want to see it happen if the Vikings can get an already developed offensive lineman like Joe Thune who has been great his entire career and they can bring him on this offensive line instead look to defensive line in the draft because that's where the Vikings really shine maybe Christian Bormore maybe getting Car Caleb Farley would be another one now yes Vikings fans don't really want to see another corner drafted in the first round I would be all down for that if the Vikings can get Caleb Farley bringing in more pieces to add to this Vikings defense and bringing in Joe Thune might be the piece that not only gives us a division title, but might bring us to the Super Bowl. Yes, I might be getting ahead of myself there, but if you take a look at what held the Vikings back, if they can fill those needs, now there is a lot of needs, but if they can fill that in this free agent market and the draft, that would be huge. And it all starts with signing Joe Thune. Now he's the guy we're looking to right now. When you take a look at other players, Say the Vikings can't get Joe Thune because he is going to be a big hot commodity this free agent market. A lot of teams will be looking for Joe Thune because once again, he is 28 years old and offensive linemen typically play until they're 33, somewhere around there. He can be swooped up by a team, obviously starting at left guard or right guard for multiple teams out there. But once again, if the Vikings are unable to bring back Joe Thune and they decide instead to bring back Eric Wilson or some, some other route the Vikings go, there is more guards the Vikings can be looking to. 
And that's why we're going to take a look at Gabe Jackson off uh, right guard for the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, Gabe Jackson is was cut by the Las Vegas Raiders following the 2020 season where he didn't have a great season. Now, he played 1,062 snaps where he didn't allow a single sack. So statistically, he had a pretty good season, but his pass protection or his, uh, his run blocking grade wasn't as good as it should have been. But still, him protecting the pass was great last year. And this is why I think when it all comes down to it, this is the most likely signing for the Minnesota Vikings. Because, of course, the Vikings don't have a whole lot of cap space now. Bringing Joe Thune is a high possibility. But once again, the way the Vikings like to operate, bringing in Gabe Jackson on a one-year deal seems more like a Minnesota Vikings Rick Spielman type move. But again, if they can get Joe Thune, this would be huge. This is a secondary. If we can't get Joe Thune, bring in Gabe Jackson, move Ezra Cleveland to left guard. Now, I would rather actually see Ezra Cleveland play as a left guard than a right guard. Because, of course, he was a left tackle in college. And maybe moving him to left guard would be a an increase and he could get more ready to be a left tackle if the Vikings do move on from Riley Reef because Riley Reef is under contract for one more year whereas Ezra Cleveland was actually drafted to be Riley Reef's replacement has not taken that spot yet but once again if he can play at left guard that's a lot better than playing on the right side of the line where he could be prepared to be Riley Reef's replacement I'd be all down for the Vikings bringing in any offensive guard anybody who can start on this offensive guard line on this offensive line at the offensive guard position and that's why next up we're going to take a look at nick easton nick easton obviously recently played with the minnesota vikings played two years with the vikings and then was traded to the new orleans saints whereas i don't know if i want to see it happen now he has played under this offense so far so i guess it's a possibility it, it is a possibility he didn't have the best season now he was one of the worst players on the uh, Saints offensive line. They've invested a lot into their offensive line. And you look at how they've protected for uh, not only Drew Brees, but Teddy Bridgewater the last year. We've seen even Jameis Winston this last season. We've seen Taysom Hill. Their offensive line is doing very well because of how much they invested into it. And they've been hitting on offensive linemen. So that's why they did cut Nick Easton following the 2020 season, whereas the Vikings can possibly bring him back. Now, what... Uh, I don't want to see it happen. Obviously, Nick Easton, he's not a solid starter. Vikings would probably put him on a one-year deal, most likely transition into maybe one of their draft picks. But once again, I would rather see Brett Jones be an offensive guard, starting offensive guard over Nick Easton, but he is a possibility. He did play 562 snaps, where he only allowed two sacks in the 2020 season. And then this next player, Lane Taylor. Now, Lane Taylor is a player who... I don't know if the Packers will be letting him go. Now, Lane Taylor, Taylor missed a majority of the 2020 season, uh, 15 out of 16 of the games. The only game Lane Taylor did play was actually against the Minnesota Vikings week one, where he did get injured. So he only played 63 snaps, had a PFF grade of 81.6 in just his first game. His market value is approximately $8 million. So he would be our starting right guard if the Vikings do sign Lane Taylor. It would likely be on a one-year guaranteed deal with a lot of incentives as well. So... If the Vikings do bring in Lane Taylor, now I don't know if he'd be willing to play with the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, he's been playing 13 seasons with the Packers now, so playing with their arch division rival, I don't know if that would be necessarily what Lane Taylor would want. But if he's down, I mean, we can take all the offensive guards we need, and bringing in him would be very helpful for this Vikings team. Moving him to right guard, obviously, Ezra Cleveland being our starting left guard, and then this offensive line would look good. So let's take a look at how I think this offensive line will look in the 2021 season. We would obviously have Riley Reef under contract for one more year at the left tackle position. Hopefully, left guard, we can have Joe Thune. If not, if the Vikings are unable to get Joe Thune, it would be Ezra Cleveland at left guard. Center, obviously, Garrett Bradbury going into his third season. All of the eyes are on Garrett Bradbury because 
Oh, hopefully he does have a successful season. Now, Garrett Bradbury, like I said earlier in this podcast, he's done a great job blocking for Dalvin Cook. But when it comes to protecting for Kirk Cousins, has done an awful job and does not look like first-round talent at all. So he would be our starting uh, center and then at right guard, Ezra Cleveland, or maybe someone else, Gabe Jackson, one of the other people we named. I hope the Vikings can get an offensive guard in free agency. In fact, the Vikings need to get an offensive guard in free agency. It's undoubtedly the biggest need the Vikings have right now. And if the Vikings can get an offensive guard in free agency and instead look to defense in the first round in the, fir- uh, in the first round of the draft, this would tremendously help out this team. And honestly, if the Vikings special teams comes together too, this might put us in the Super Bowl competition. Let's take a look at our offensive line depth. So Vikings not only do need to look for an offensive guard in free agency, but they must bring back Rashad Hill and Brett Jones. They were key backups. Of course, the Vikings, we have a lot of depth on the offensive line, a lot of great depth on the offensive line. We just need those core starters, whereas Rashad Hill would be our backup left and right tackle, backup to Riley Reef and Brian O'Neill, which I'm very comfortable with him being a backup. Ezra Cleveland would also be a backup left tackle, whereas left guard and right guard, we have uh, Brett Jones, we have Kyle Hinton, we have Drew Samia, and obviously Brett Jones also our backup center and then Vikings will likely draft some rookies in there too so this Vikings offensive line there is a lot of depth and that's why the Vikings if we can get that core starter bring our core starter at left guard or right guard bringing back Rashad Hill bringing back Brett Jones this may just fix the Vikings offensive line and it is the biggest need this offseason and right now uh, Joe Thune is expected to hit the free agent market as of March 19th or as March March 9th he is expected to hit the free agent market as the uh, New England Patriots are not going to use a franchise tag on Joe Thune once again this season, which is kind of odd considering the the Patriots have a lot of cap space. And it just shows when you don't have a quarterback under contract, you have so much cap space. I think they're, yeah, they are a third in cap space expected cap. Now, the obviously, they haven't released how much cap space they're going to be giving to each team yet, but expected cap space, they are third in the NFL, only behind the Jets and uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. You can let go of Anthony Harris. You can let go of Eric Wilson. Just look to Joe Thune this offseason. You can also get get Air, uh, Harrison Smith on a more team-friendly deal. Maybe Anthony Barr on a more team-friendly deal. This would really help out the Vikings in the 2021 season. Let me know what y'all think. In the 2020 offseason, the Minnesota Vikings had the fifth-year option with Eric Wilson, where they placed a second-round tender on Eric Wilson. He was a restricted free agent, and he played under that second-round tender as nobody was willing to take it. And he played under that tender where he had quite the season with the team. And this raises some question because now him being an unrestricted free agent where the Vikings don't have a whole lot of cap space after they signed Stephen Weatherly, they're stuck... I mean, they cut Kyle Rudolph. Yes, this puts us in positive cap space, which is very helpful, but it's pretty tough because right now, Eric Wilson, he was our starting uh, uh, weak side linebacker because Anthony Barr was injured for a majority of the season after being injured week two. So during Rick Spielman's conference, press conference on Monday, he said Eric Wilson's return seems highly unlikely. On top of that, he was ta- he was talking about how much he likes Anthony Barr, how much they love Anthony Barr, which by the way, we all knew this was going to happen. Nothing Rick Spielman said was a surprise. Rick Spielman and, and Mike Zimmer, when Mike Zimmer came in, Anthony Barr was the first draft pick they had. And if there's one thing about a head coach and GM, that first draft pick is the most important thing. Because it's what everyone starts seeing you as. Everyone can think you're a horrible GM. All of a sudden, you draft a player like Anthony Barr, who's made, what was it, three Pro Bowls now? Yes, no, four times Pro Bowler and a second team all pro in 2015 this was their first draft pick together and that's why they like anthony Barr this much because they've, they've really actually helped out their career a lot and this is why they've been here for so long well part one of the reasons why they've been here for so long so anthony Barr right now 
what Rick Spielman said, he said that they cannot afford three high-paid linebackers, which is obvious. They can't afford three high-paid linebackers. They must choose between Eric Wilson and Anthony Barr. In fact, even if we could afford three high-paid linebackers, Eric Wilson is not bringing to the table the value that you can get from maybe Joe Thune in free agency or maybe one of these safeties. There is so much more value you can get from other positions than you're going to be getting with Eric Wilson, who would be what a, uh, another outside linebacker alongside Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr is currently the sixth highest paid outside linebacker, and Eric Hendricks is the, the ninth highest paid inside linebacker. You bring back Eric Wilson, you are going to be putting far too much money on the linebacker position. So if you look at their last couple seasons. Now, Anthony Barr, obviously, we're not going to go off of the 2020 season where he only played two games. We're going off of his 2019 season and Eric Wilson this last year, where they both started a majority of the games. Uh, Anthony Barr started 14 games in 2019, where he had 79 total tackles and interception, a force fumbled, four pass deflections, one and a half sacks, and six tackles for loss. In 2020, Eric Wilson started 15 out of 16 games, played 16 games, where he had 122 total tackles, three interceptions, one forced fumble, eight pass deflections, three sacks, and eight tackles for loss. So you take a look at those last two seasons. Eric Wilson statistically and did have the better season than Anthony Barr when you're judging off of their last season that they played. So who are you going to go with? You're going to go with the player who played better last year and is younger, and that is Eric Wilson. But... What is the safer route? Is it going with Eric Wilson, who may be a one-year wonder? Now, I don't know if that's going to be the case. Obviously, Eric Wilson, he was a one-man show last year. Uh, him and Harrison Smith were alone just trying to carry this defense. That's completely different from what happened with Anthony Barr these last few years, where he just wasn't being utilized to his potential. And Eric Wilson had a lot more opportunities to actually get tattle, uh, tackles that's why he had 122 while Eric Wilson played under I mean uh, Anthony Barr played under better defenses so you take a look at this who are you sticking with you are going to stick with Eric Wilson but you have to look at these contracts what is the safer route well you can say you can cut Anthony Barr right now and sign Eric Wilson yes you can you definitely can if you don't want to bring in an offensive guard it's not going to hold the same value who is the better off outside linebacker? Is it Anthony Barr, who's made three or four Pro Bowls and was a second team All-Pro? Or is it Eric Wilson, who has who was an undrafted free agent, who has had one good year? I guess you can say two good years, but one good year as a starter, one very solid year, a breakout player. He was the breakout player for the Minnesota Vikings this last season, not counting rookies here. Who are you going to go with? Because this is the big question that the Vikings have to answer. You can't have them both. And this is what Rick Spielman said. They cannot afford three uh, very high-paid linebackers. And it's obviously they can't. And even if they could, it would be stupid. You're putting too much money in the, in the linebacker position where you're going to lose players on the offensive line. You're going to lose players in this defensive line. What was the worst? What held the Vikings back the most of the 2020 season? Protecting Kirk Cousins from the interior side of the line, rushing the passer, stopping the run. Bringing back Eric Wilson is not going to do anything again for that. It's not. Now, once you look at it, you have to take a look at Anthony Barr. What if you cut Anthony Barr right now? Anthony Barr, you're paying 8.1% of your cap. If you cut Anthony Barr today and sign Eric Wilson, you're only saving $7.26 million in cap space. If you cut him today and sign Eric Wilson. Or actually, that's just if you cut him today. And then he's going to be worth $7.8 in dead cap. 
So even if you cut Anthony Barr today, you're still paying him $7.8 million in 2021. It's going to be terrible against the cap space. And if you cut him, cut Anthony Barr, and sign Eric Wilson, now your adjusted cap is at approximately negative $8.78 million. That's where the Vikings cap space would be at if they cut Anthony Barr and sign Eric Wilson. Is it really worth that much to move on from Anthony Barr and sign Eric Wilson, who now a lot of Vikings fans are saying is the next guy up, is the next big thing? Weren't we saying the same thing about Anthony Harris one year ago, who had one very good season? We were saying the same thing about Anthony Harris. Look how he did this last year. What if you move on from Anthony Barr, go to Eric Wilson, and it ruins the team? You know why it would ruin the team? That's not the biggest thing. The money, the cap space, that's what would ruin the team. If you do this, you're not going to have a player like Joe Thune coming in at starting a left guard. You're not going to have a player like Gabe Jackson coming in and starting a right guard. These are players the Vikings have to look at this free agent market or a player like Keenan Cole who will have so much more value than it would from moving on from Anthony Barr and going to Eric Wilson. Keelan Cole, he would be a wide receiver three come right out of right when the Vikings sign him. He would be a starting wide receiver three. He would start from inside the slot and he would be a starting special teams returner. He could just bring so much more value to the team. And obviously, Joe Thune, Gabe Jackson. There are so many pieces the Vikings can look at right here instead of bringing back Eric Wilson. And that's why bringing back Eric Wilson, it's not going to happen. He's going to go play with another team and it wouldn't be worth it. It wouldn't be worth it for the Vikings to bring back Eric Wilson. I hate to admit it because, yes, I would actually choose Eric Wilson over Anthony Barr right now. I would. And that's just because of I haven't seen a lot from Anthony Barr these last couple seasons. And I would choose Eric Wilson over Anthony Barr. But it financially makes no sense. It doesn't. It makes no sense for the Vikings to do that. It would ruin this team. We wouldn't have any chance because of this. Now, you take a look at it, though. Say for some reason, Eric Wilson stays a free agent until after the draft and is still a free agent. This is called third wave of free agency. It's after June 1st. If the Vikings wait till June 1st, say Eric Wilson is still a free agent, and the Vikings decide to cut Anthony Barr and sign Eric Wilson instead, this would make sense. Because if the Vikings cut Anthony Barr June 1st and after that, it would save us $12.46 million in cap space. And it would we would still he would still be worth two and a half or two point six million in dead cap, but our adjusted cap space would be eight point four two million. Obviously, if the Vikings signed Joe Thune or something, we'd still be negative, but it would be so much more worth it. This would be worth it. Now, is this gonna happen? It's highly unlikely that this would happen because obviously Eric Wilson will likely go near the first wave of free agency because he is young and he had a gr as great of a season as he had this last year. So, in all honesty. Let's take a recap. If the Vikings decide to move on from Anthony Barr and sign Eric Wilson, it will ruin our team. Obviously, unless if they wait until June 1st and after that where this would make a whole lot of more sense financially, but Anthony Barr is the safest route. Eric Wilson might have been a one-year wonder. Anthony Barr is four Pro Bowls and a second-team All-Pro. He is the safer route. And they are going to go with Anthony Barr. They're going to choose Anthony Barr over Eric Wilson because Anthony Barr is loved by Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. He was Mike Zimmer's first draft pick. And for that reason, he's going to stay with this team. And I, I, from what I've seen from Anthony Barr, he is willing to stay with this team.
maybe Anthony Barr will be the comeback player for the Minnesota Vikings this 2021 season. They just have to blitz him more, use him more as a pass rusher than they did this last couple of seasons where they were trying to use him, stopping those big runs and playing in coverage. Just use Anthony Barr as a pass rusher because that's what he's the best at is rushing the passer from the outside. For that reason, the Minnesota Vikings will not bring back Eric Wilson. Instead, they will look to someone else in free agency, not a linebacker. They will look to linebackers in the draft. They will look to someone else in free agency, and they will stick with Anthony Barr for at least one more season. Let me know what y'all think. That's going to wrap up episode 88 of Morning Kickoff. I hope you all did enjoy listening to this episode. If you did, be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast for more Minnesota Vikings football-related content. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Morning Kickoff. Have a great day. We'll be right back.